Hey everybody, Beanie Boy is back, and he's better than ever. Get ready to have fun on this episode of Joyce Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get to it! confusing now knowing which episode we're actually on because this is technically so this is episode 35 is the way it's listed uh, but we've also had like three right. bonus episodes yeah so it's really episode like 38 like number wise i mean like you know actual amount sure. of episodes wise which i think five and will just happen quarters. more and more and more yeah 35 of like normal ones i guess whatever but hmm. yeah but it'll be fun well yeah. i guess i was wrong then so i should just go I ahead and actually, retitle this I did actually listen to the last episode since I wasn't in it. Um, oh, yeah. Because I hate listening to myself talk, but <laughs> I <laughs> I just hate the way my stupid voice sounds. Um, oh, don't do it. It's not really real. It just, I don't, I don't know. It. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't usually listen to our episodes um, just because I, I was there most of the time. So I don't That's I mean, acceptable. I was there. The I listened for the first little while. <laughs> for the first number of episodes, I listened, and then I kind of bat, like listen less and less now so pretty yeah. much i haven't listened in a good number of weeks i always I, listen i've listened oh. to him a couple of times like with Alyssa, if she was like listening through some episodes in the car or something mm-hmm. like that but i if i'm just by myself like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen to it unless i'm yep. just really curious about like the way that you edit a song in or something like that because i know mm. for a while there you were editing in uh like the what we were listening to songs when did you I just stop doing that? <laughs> only, I think only one episode. Yeah, it was uh, just the okay. one. <laughs> and I just forgot. <laughs> so I apologize no, I, for the I last mean, that's fine. I was just curious episode, if that everybody. was like a thing that I had just missed that we weren't doing anymore. Or no, or yeah. Something else. I just completely like just missed doing it. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Again, like I, it doesn't really bother me. I was, yeah. I was just surprised. Because I think the last time I had listened to one was like episode 12 or something. Like yeah. so. Ooh, way behind. Things can change in like 20 episodes. So what did <laughs> you think of last week's episode? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was good. I, I pretty much agreed with your all's consensus of uh, that the Baja men needed to further themselves into being a terrible <laughs> group. Um, and they should definitely be considered in future installments of these terrible groups or artists that we're considering. Um... I'm trying to think because uh, it was the Baja Men against and right said right Fred. Fred, right said Fred. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Uh, I. It's funny because the right said Fred ones. I agree. Like it sounds super, just like campy and very mm-hmm. tongue in cheek. Like to me, it sounds like a big joke. Like mm-hmm. both yeah. of the, both of those songs just sound like we're making jokey joke songs for jokesters, and <laughs> that's all it is. And that's, that's the fine. Greatest like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, jokey jokesters for jo- jokey <laughs> joke songs for jokesters, um, formerly known as joke songs. <laughs> as right. So said Fred. okay, so um, Parker, I meant to tell you this earlier in the week, me. but I since doing research on Right Said Fred, uh, I have found out some more research oh. about Right Said Fred. 
curious um, that kind of sheds a lot of light on where they came from so right said fred was not originally a, a band they were mm-hmm. they were two uh german models and they were brothers who well they are brothers uh but they were uh-huh. models who were recruited by a, like a oh. studio to make this pop song also they're both gay Oh, together or well, just all those things? They are well, gay brothers. brothers together. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> For just very reasonable reasons. Which kind of made me think completely different things about like yeah. I'm too sexy and like kind uh-huh. of adds adds a whole bunch of new layers to it. Well, because yeah, that's not I mean, like we're setting out to make a song. That's like some uh-huh. buddy came like, to us and was like, "You yeah. guys are male models. You just need to sing this song and be." sexy yep. for a while like <laughs> yep this is it's kind of like it's kind of like it's not rebecca black's fault that friday isn't good it's the guy that wrote it and had her sing it or whatever yeah. so then like you know everybody who got mad at like rebecca black's so bad and this song sucks or whatever it's like okay well it's not her fault wasn't that her parents <laughs> she, she didn't write it it's just yeah she got paid a bunch of money to to dance around and sing well, a song. Well, the other way, actually, she... So, her yeah, her parents paid a production company uh, kind of thing. It's like a... It's a service or whatever where it's like, we'll write a song and stage a music video for your child to be in and her parents are just real rich or whatever. So, mm-hmm. she paid like, I is. don't know, you know, $8,000 or something f- for that whole production of a song and then it became the thing that it was y'all friday rocks okay i don't want to talk any more bad about friday (laughs) no honestly like i think it's it's one of those things where i yeah people getting mad about it i just think is silly and the song itself is like it obviously it sucks as a song but it's super fun just that it exists and it is what it is (laughs) so i'm not mad at its existence in any way shape or form I'm but, not mad yeah. at its, its existence because it's it's like a product of the time. Like it's yeah. not mm-hmm. weird to me that that thing exists. It's weird to me that that thing got so popular and <laughs> like viral because yeah. it's like to me everything that you just described is something that like a child has happened to them. Like their parents yeah. force this thing upon them and then they record it and feel shame about it and and never show it to anybody yep. um, mm-hmm. and i wonder if like part of rebecca black feels that way about it it's just that it did get viral and famous and she yep. did eventually make money off of it i mean it was on youtube it ran ad space yeah. she made money off of it um mm-hmm. or, well her parents probably made money off or i don't know maybe they broke even i don't know how that all works <laughs> um yeah. but I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe she feels like retroactive shame about it. Yeah, I'm curious. But other things that I'm matter. curious about <laughs> that are in the past is what you guys have been listening to this past week. Ooh, what Ooh. a fun thing. What a fun transition. Parker, <laughs> yeah, you are the I, master of transitions. I like this what? new bit that you've come up for our show. <laughs> the transitions thing? No, not the transition oh, thing. The, oh. the idea of that we've been listening to something this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have you been listening to? to uh, let's, Matt, what you been listening to, Boyo? Yes, I've been listening to a lot of Moon Hooch lately. Uh, Moon Hooch, for those of you who may not know, is a three-piece, I believe, uh, primarily horn band that often incorporates other instruments too like guitars and bass and drums and stuff like that uh but they they've put out a couple albums and i just started getting into them like they've they've been on my discover weekly playlists and like 
because I listen to a lot of like too many zoos and sort of like those minimalist horn based bands a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never really dug super deep into them. Uh, but a song of theirs popped up on one of my playlists this week and I hadn't heard it before. And it is seriously, seriously good. It's called on the sun. And I highly recommend if you want to get started with a band like that, it's they, they use a lot of weird effects in their saxophones. I believe they have a baritone sax and an nice. alto sax in the band. Um, but this song kind of revolves around this, this very low sort of phased out baritone sax line going on. And there's like a, a little bit of a vocal layer on it with like a drum machine in the background. Sort of, it's very slow to start. And then just like, right after the first bit of the first verse, you get this incredible soaring saxophone melody that's like <laughs> incredibly epic and insane. And it just, it it gave me crazy, crazy feels when I first mm-hmm. listened to it. Lots of chills. Crazy feels. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good song. So I wouldn't listen to the rest of the album. And it's consistently uh, super melodic and fun. Mm. And like, there's a lot of really good, like, I don't know, electro beats going on with like that cool, weird psyched out sax and trumpet stuff. And it's, I, I, I don't know. I always love when people do creative things with saxophones because mm-hmm. saxophone is like my favorite instrument, but like turn them into hats, like turn example. them into hats. Like when you can yeah. put a saxophone on your head and then Oof. you look like a horse with a thing <laughs> going down. Your back. Horse. What horses have you seen? <laughs> you know, I haven't you seen know, like, like, like horn horses. Horn horses. Ah, the horn horses. Horses. Uh, Unihorns. Unihorns. Yeah, unihorn. Uh, but yeah, the Moon Hooch. Uh, really good band. I, I'm not sure where they're from, honestly. Uh, they've been around for a little while. I think like since 2010 or so-ish. Um, they're probably from New York, if I was to guess, because all <laughs> those like weird you know, uh, horn bands come out of New York. And they like play mm-hmm. in the subways, and I think yep. I think that's what these guys bands. did too. Nice, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. I highly recommend checking it out. Mm, uh, cool. Someone else go now. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll go. Kind of continuing the trend yeah. that I uh, talked about, not the mini episode that we just had that I wasn't in, but the other one um, is that I had a bunch of stuff that I was listening to kind of towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and another one of those bands was a guy named Situ uh, A. Or Situ I, however you want to kind of look at it. Um, it's spelt S-I-T-H-U space a-Y-E-E. Nope. A-Y-E. Can't read and or spell talk. Um, so, <laughs> words. Words. Uh, he's, <laughs> he, he's like uh, Shrek. Good Lord. Shrek? He's, he's like Shrek. Like, <laughs> I can't one of those Shrek guitars. Or speak or anything. I take one week off from this ding-dang podcast <laughs> and my ability to speak intelligently flies out the window. He's not like Shrek. He's in no way like Shrek at all. And the Shrek I mean, is he's got some layers. insanely good at guitar, apparently. <laughs> he's kind of like um, Lord Farquaad. <laughs> he's a little bit more like Lord Farquaad. Um, yeah, man. Okay, cool. So, C2A is yep. shred, prog <laughs> metal kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, a little bit, I don't, I don't know, prog is maybe like a strong word for what he does necessarily. He, he'll kind of mess around with some weird like time signatures and stuff. Mostly he just like, 
is a shred guitar player and he has a lot of songs that kind of are very happy sounding. Most of his music is fairly upbeat and very like major key focused. And when it is a minor key focused, it's like a lot of minor seven kind of chords or like he'll, you know, play a major seven with a different root note. So it's technically a minor chord, but it still has a very like major seven sort of tonality mm-hmm. to it. Um, just a lot of really interesting stuff. It It is very, um, wankery heavy if you uh if if you are going to music and you don't want to hear a guy just like rip on a guitar for a long time like Uh he doesn't spend a lot of time doing that he just spends frequent time doing it so it's not like his his solo sections will be frequent but they're not super long so it's you know maybe like four measures of some stuff and then it moves into a different like riff or a new Mm -hmm. like section of the song but he has a lot of like very frequently he'll have little sections of just like this is pretty much a guitar solo but yeah. there's there's some similarities to you like uh, if there's one song that I had to recommend to you it would definitely be set course for Andromeda off of his album set course for for Andromeda and um, it's a pretty good example of a lot of like what the th- kinds of things that you're gonna get from him um I I don't know. I I really like his music a lot. I think he does a really good job with like writing melodies and and sort of it, again, it just sounds really happy most of the time, which I really appreciate. <laughs> uh, it has some yeah, mm-hmm. it has some good like harmonic quality that some of that other kind of stuff doesn't always have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's he's got a lot of flair for like uh sort of anime sounding music too. Like he it, a lot of his music sounds like something you would see in the intro to an anime or, you know, like mm-hmm. the post credits of an anime kind of thing. And he makes jokes about that a lot. He's got a lot of YouTube videos where he'll talk about kind of his process of like writing songs or just like different things in music and kind of what he does. And he makes jokes constantly about like, I just want to write anime music and that's all. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's very funny. Um, He's got one, at least one song. I know I've talked on the show about uh, Animals as Leader's Thumb Technique, uh-huh. and he's got one song on his Senpai to the Noticing uh, EP <laughs> that is called Anime as Leaders, where he learned that <laughs> thumb technique and wrote a song with it. And it's, it's very good, and it's very yeah. fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying like kind of diving. Oh, one last thing to talk about for him. Uh, he recently came out. So set course for Andromeda. I know I'm all over the place right now. Set course for Andromeda came out in like 2016. Uh, he just had an album come out in the last like month or so called homebound. And I was listening to it, uh, during work a couple weeks ago or something. And, yeah, so I've been learning through a lot of set course for Andromeda too, just like trying to be better at guitar and like YouTube's really nice cause you can slow down videos and stuff. And so you can kind of learn parts a little bit easier watching these videos of him playing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm very familiar with that song now. And the very last track of homebound is a song called galaxies collide. And he kind of takes a lot of parts from set course for Andromeda and combines the, some, combines them with some other parts of songs from the new album homebound and uh the very last song has this part where everything kind of drops for a second and then just hits this melody from set course for andromeda really hard and it was a lot of fun like i wasn't expecting it to hit so hard and so i was Mm -hmm. like working on something and just like oh oh, god i'm like trying not to start crying at work because i just wasn't expecting that drop to happen i don't know it was really cool Uh and i I really really enjoyed it so Uh, yeah check out c2a 
Sweet. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun stuff. He also has a um, a short EP that he and Pliny did together. That uh, to my, it seems like two of them. There's four songs, and each of them wrote two songs, and then had the other one kind of s- uh, solo or like guest star or whatever in each of each other songs, which was mm-hmm. really pretty fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think cool it was funny because. The last time I saw you, Parker, I was like kind of noodling on uh, mm-hmm. part of one of his songs or whatever. And one of the guesses yep. you had for what it was, because you were trying to remember who it was, uh-huh. and and one of your guesses was the Helix Nebula. Oh uh, yeah, and it's funny because that song set course for Andromeda. The very the very last solo that happens in that is actually uh-huh. a guest spot from the guy who plays for the Helix Nebula. <laughs> that's so that's awesome. why I was like, that's yeah. close. Actually, <laughs> uh, you're not really far off, but yep. Yeah, and they're they're definitely a similar style of that kind of prog metal too. I feel mm-hmm. like so, which I like them a lot, and I'd like them to have more stuff too. But nevertheless, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'll uh, and here goes me. Um, <laughs> I I got I can't remember if I mentioned it on the last episode or not, but I got a pair of Bluetooth earbuds so that I can listen to more music at work, and it's mm-hmm. worked, and it <laughs> happened. So that's nice. Ooh, I've also had money. um i've also had like good projects like kind of long sit down projects to just put some music on and listen and jam out to so that's been helpful as well but um but yeah so i've been listening to a bunch of stuff but a lot of it's just kind of like my music on shuffle so not not a lot of that necessarily is like yeah lots of this one thing um but something that i stumbled back upon today and i i went back through and there's a lot of stuff that i've just like liked from my discover weekly that's gone on to my artists page now and so now there's a ton of artists that just have one song each which i don't really like that Mm. because it to me it makes me feel like it's that whole like I only like two songs off this album kind of a thing where you're (laughs) like, you know, that, which was always a frustration of mine growing up. But, um, I just like albums. And so that's what it is. But I, uh, so I'm going to go back and listen through some more of these. But so the first one that I went to was Adji, uh, spelled A D J Y. Um, it was the first one because it was the first one in my, you know, alphabetically (laughs) just up at the top left corner of my Spotify. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, this is really good. Um, My friend Wyatt told me about them, I think at some point, but I'd also found them on discover weekly, like right around the same time. So I was like, Oh, that's fun that it, I guess recommended them to both of us. But Mm -hmm. uh, the song specifically that I listened to, and I actually haven't gone through and listened to the other ones yet because it was right at the end of my work day. um, But I felt like bringing it was the song Grammatology off their album Prelude um, dot three 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 three. We'll say it's prelude. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's only four songs on this. It's EP, and it's the only EP they've got up right now. Um, but it's it's really really good. I mean, at least that specific song was. I don't know. It's kind of a genre wise. It's like um, some kind of rock for sure. Um, it has a lot of like ambient stuff. It reminds me a little bit of just just before I was listening to it. I was listening to. Um, uh, what from Indian lakes. Um, so it reminds me a little bit of that kind of thing. Like, um, you know, some, I don't know even what genre it's not indie rock in the 
genre that we talked about, you know, where like the killers and that kind of stuff, but it's sure. indie rock more in the like nowadays sense where it's like they kind of it's it's like post 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 hardcore or whatever where there's okay. still yeah. some elements of like the you know so metal like scene. an American football sort of deal yeah 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 kind of along those lines for sure yeah. um uh, and a little bit and kind of diverse like that too where it's mm-hmm. very like ambient in some bits but then also it like gets pretty heavy but not at all in a metal kind of sense just in like um Maybe like as uh, cities burns or something. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Yeah, or like yeah, later as cities burn. Me without burn. you. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So in any case, it's it's good. I'll uh, check out the rest of the EP, and and I imagine that I'm going to like it because uh, that's what typically happens with things that you like. <laughs> but uh, but at least this song was good. So I'll have I'll have more things to say probably about just the next one in order uh, next time around, or uh, we'll see. But how'd you spell that's that? That's what name I've been again? listening to. Adg A D J Y J Y yeah Adg so I might be pronouncing it wrong. Does that mean anything? You know, this this guy right here has no idea. These bands and all their (laughs) yeah, the artist doesn't have any like bio or anything on on Spotify. So So I have zero clue, but whatever, it's what it is. But yeah, that's what we've been listening to. Uh, everybody, should, you should tell us what you've been listening to. Um, apparently, probably this podcast for one thing. But then what mm-hmm. else? And let us know at joyceclectic at gmail.com or tweet at us at joyceclectic or Instagram at us at joyceclectic. Blah 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 blah. And blah, that's blah, the blah, end blah, of the blah, show. Blah, blah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's all. See you, folks. <laughs> Goodbye. Everybody looks at the. It's not really the end. Like, don't don't don't. It's go not, to your other no, better podcast. Don't listen to Serial yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Chad, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about guitar parts. Yeah. We've talked about guitar solos before, but we we almost did like a a, a revisiting, a revisiting. Mm-hmm. We almost right. decided, almost, almost, almost decided that we would do guitar solos again because there are a myriad of guitar solos, and mm-hmm. we like a lot of different kinds of guitar solos. And none of us talked about Freebird last time, so. <laughs> We almost so we were just to all going to talk about Freebird. We were all going to talk about Freebird. All three of our picks mm-hmm. for our individual thoughts and opinions you, on yep. the complexity of the Freebird solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all would have picked three different sections from it, and we all yep. would have talked about it for about an hour and a half. Yeah. So about as long as it takes to listen to Freebird. Yeah. Um, but we decided <laughs> instead of doing that, we would just talk about general guitar parts which is something that we actually general haven't done parts. yet. Um, yeah. General guitar parts. Uh, <laughs> um, so so I, yeah. I'll start with uh, the fretboard. Um, that's <laughs> one of my favorite parts. The, the fretboard is, is really good. good. The fretboard um, is very important. A lot of times I play with just the fretboard. Yeah. Like I don't even play with the strings. I just play with nah. the fretboard. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it, true. It's good to have just a fretboard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It helps. It helps. It definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, actually, but, I, mean, it stands I like a guitar without right a fretboard too. Yeah, it stands in the way for me mm-hmm. for most of the time. I just like to just hold on to the strings just by mm. themselves. Cool, yeah. kind of just twang twang and just like you know, oh, yeah. pull them sharply. Yeah, like from like side when you to side. would take a belt and yes. like double it up and then snap it. I like to but, yeah. I like to wait until strings get really rusty and then uh-huh. floss my teeth with them. Oh, uh, I like when you don't say things Ooh, like man. that. <laughs> Yeah, that makes my teeth hurt in like a way that... You're getting your calcium, you're getting your iron, yep. getting all the Everything things you need. Yeah. So guitar parts, boy. huh? Uh, 
<laughs> I hate that. Um, so not that. Specifically, we are not talking about that. But we are talking about in music where a guitar plays a specific part uh, over and over and over again for sometimes years. Um, and in this case, we just kind of decided to pick some of our, our favorite guitar parts of music. Um, and, and some, like... For me, I know I at least picked like a con- a more conceptual one of just like this is a thing that I really like in guitar parts, or I like mm-hmm. it when songs have like this facet yeah. of a guitar part. Um, and then some of mine are just like this is just a really catchy guitar part. Mm-hmm. So I actually, for once in my life, tried to stay away from prog metal for this one because <laughs> there's just and and I, I'm not there's nothing wrong with picking prog metal for this because I mean prog metal is just full of guitar parts because it's pretty much the foundation of what prog metal is built on is how cool of a guitar part can i make for this Mm -hmm. um but i i for the sake of discussion and for the sake of not just like picking the same bands that i always do i I specifically tried to not pick a minus the bear song uh and not an animals (laughs) as leader song or and that's kind of why i talked about c2a at the beginning of the episode and not in this section (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, I can go ahead and kind of kick us off with uh, what I was thinking about there. Kick it. Uh, so the first one that I'm actually going to talk about is a song called Promises by The Morning Benders. The Morning Benders are a band from San Francisco, and they got started kind of in the mid-2000s, sort of sort of the late 2000s. Uh, not, well, I guess I can't say the late 2000s, uh, the pre-2010s, because <laughs> yeah. we are currently not even in the late 2000s. Anyway, the late matter. aughts. The late aughts. Um, right. And they actually aren't called the Morning Benders anymore. Uh, around 2012 or so, they changed their name to Pop Etc. Um, uh-huh. Because the members of the band learned that Benders is sort of a... Uh, uh, homophobic term in uh, oh. the UK and Britain and they didn't want to cast that kind of uh, ideal around or anything. They just didn't want to mm-hmm. have that sort of kind of hanging over them so they changed their name. Anyway. Cool. Um, they they released two albums under that the name The Morning Benders though. Uh, one was called A Tin Can Something 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 and the other one was called Big Echo. And Big Echo is a lot of fun. I really really like Big Echo. It is kind of surfy but not like surf rock like it has a lot of drippy reverbs and kind of that like sound that you think about coming out of a giant sandy beach with a giant lagoon or something like it sounds very beachy very very surfy to me um but it is it does not have the typical tropes of like surf rock music where you have a lot of tremolo picking or it doesn't it doesn't sound like miserloo is basically what i'm getting at (laughs) (laughs) which is Um, all of surf rock it's just all a surf rock. That is a wild generalization that I'm throwing out there, but <laughs> sometimes I stand by it. That's okay. Um, but no, th- so this song is called Promises, and I, I literally just, the very beginning of it starts with this guitar line that honestly, I heard them play this uh, at a Ryman show that they were opening for uh, the Black Keys, actually. Mm. And since I saw them, like this guitar part just every so often gets stuck in my head. And. It's just fantastic. It's super catchy, and I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Still is holding us down, our shoulders in deep, pulling us to the light. 
my back's in the sand Now I'm waiting to hear my next call We got our ideas pressed against the wall I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. It's good. That whole album is is very similar to that kind of sound of stuff. I think it's got some really fantastic songs. And actually, the the oh man, I had forgotten about this too. That song, no, that album has a song called uh, "Cold War." That is another one of the catchiest songs that I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> so many songs on that album just would get stuck in my head for no reason. I'm surprised reason. that, just... like, given that, yeah, you said these guys opened up for the Black Keys, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just sort of surprised that I never came across this band's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, they're super fun. The Once they changed their name to Pop, etc., I think their mm-hmm. music changed a little bit, so it's not quite as, mm-hmm. it's oh. not quite the same sound. Yeah. Um, so I'm honestly not as familiar with a lot of their more recent stuff, but like I said, this this album specifically is just very very good, and and has a lot of really catchy songs and mm-hmm. and just good songwriting. So yeah, it's, I like it, in sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's it's hard to I think like the further that we go along in years, the harder it is to write an actual catchy guitar riff that gets stuck <laughs> in your head, uh, like I don't know, I expected that guitar riff, you know, because it starts at the root and is like, bow. I expect it to just go bow. But which would have made it like just poppy and keeping going back to that riff. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But the fact that it kind of goes down to that whatever it is, the four there. And yeah, then yeah. a little bit more minor sound. Yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoy that. I just enjoy a good mm-hmm. modern guitar riff because they're mm-hmm. not easy to write now and actually <laughs> stay catchy and be in your head. I think another thing too is because the guitar riff itself is, um, it's not like super constant or whatever, you know, like, so like the space is good, but then the way that the, um, uh, the drums kind of play in with it as well, like, cause they're not just like, but it's like, I don't like, uh, it's just kind of asynchronous in some yeah. ways, but like you just kind of fill in some space, but letting each other breathe pretty well at the same time, which is, uh, I don't know, just is, is nice. Cause they don't always have to do that, but when you do, it's good. It is. Yeah. Good. It's, it it's kind of the sum of the parts is, uh, greater than the, yeah. Hmm. The yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tr- again, guys, <laughs> brain not doing great tonight. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I always like guitar guitar parts too that kind of follow the melody or whatever, which uh we just listened to it but I forgot if I think when the actual like verse words come in, they're not doing that same melody, are they, right? Not it's, quite. Um, but there's a little kind of like vocal part that's sort of similar to it during yeah. the intro riff. And so I I always like that kind of thing too where it's like cuz I think that helps listeners including myself want to be able to sing along to it because mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, this is a melody. That's like something that you can sing along to. Cause there's yeah. so many guitar parts that, I mean, there's easy ones, smoke on the water. You're going to bounce and you're like, yeah, I can sing that. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of other ones that just, you don't necessarily think you can they sing along to or something well in the, like a vocal range for you to be able to easily yeah. right. jump back and forth. Between yeah. Pitches. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, uh, doesn't matter. But so, in any case, I like <laughs> songs like that one. I almost picked a Damien Rice song, uh, "Cannonball." Do you guys know that one at all? Um, you don't really. Probably listen if to I Damien heard Rice, it. I forgot. Um, but the 
the guitar part goes, and the melody is, it's still a little bit of young. It's like, uh, it just plays, mm-hmm. you know, along with what the melody is. And I think that's, um, it can be an effective method if you're playing well enough or interestingly enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my first pick, actually, that I'm going to go over today is a similar example of that kind of thing. Um, and it's... Man, I have a lot of different thoughts that go into this, but the song is Why Georgia by John Mayer, um, and I'll talk about it a little bit before we play it. And I know you guys don't love John Mayer, but nevertheless, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) So one of the things that I went into with thinking about these guitar riffs is all the ones that I've picked, even if I don't uh, like just wouldn't just pick up a guitar and exactly know how to play it right off the bat because like the second one that I'm going to do or third one or whatever, like I knew at some point and I would have to think about now. But in any case, they're all like just very fun to play songs. Like if somebody, Why Georgia, for example, is one that every time I pick up an acoustic, it's one of the first things that I play just because it's like, it's just where my hands gravitate because it's a fun, like kinesthetic thing. It's just like, it's just fun to play. And that's like really important with music, I think, is that not only does it sound good, but also that it feels fun is mm. not necessary, but is really helpful at the same time. Sure. So that's something I think that this has going for it. And then the other thing of the melody being the same that he's playing as with what he's singing. And I don't know, I'll play it and we'll, uh, I'll have some more thoughts on it too. But, um, yeah, let's listen to why Georgia by John Mia. inside the gloom Four more exits to my Boy, I hate that I like John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm fairly neutral on him. I, I have friends especially that really, really like John Mayer and mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I just don't really care one way or another in some regards, but yeah, there's a lot of songs that are good. And that song especially is just like, it's a fun song. It's fun guitar part to play. And especially that, um, the, the like B section of that, you know, progression is something that is a really weird way to play it. And pretty much nobody plays it right. And I I don't think I play it quite right either, but it's just funny because it's like everybody plays it different and you'll sometimes see people playing it just pretty wrong. Like very incorrect. Like you missed it. Yeah. I can imagine what what makes that rock songs are too. Oh yeah. So many, uh, just walking to any guitar center and (laughs) see those bad (laughs) versions of stairway. Yep. Somebody just playing smoke on the water. I can play smoke on the water. And then it's just all on the top E string. Yep. (laughs) Open three, Uh, five, uh, open three, six, five man alive. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think part of what I imagine, I've never tried to play that, but, uh, part of what I imagine makes that fun to play is that it's, it's pretty, it's pretty active. It's pretty moving. Mm-hmm. And yep. there's, there's certainly it's a, like a, a lot of palm muting. Yeah. Too. It's very uh-huh. percussive. Like you're, you're having to do a lot of work, but it, like, it still feels like it's got that smooth sort of just like rhythmic feel to it. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's, it would be hard to play that robotically. 
because you're just kind of forced to do it in a way that's like fun and rhythmic and moving. (laughs) And it's fairly syncopated too. So that's definitely, you know, a thing that goes towards exactly what you were saying. And the thing I think that it reminds me of is I remember when I, I'd been playing guitar maybe like six or seven months or so. And I was around somebody that was playing something on a guitar where they were playing like essentially chords and notes as well, like separately, where it's like they're, you know, playing a chord essentially, but also kind of playing a melody with it. And I was like, I was so impressed by that. Specifically, it was on an acoustic guitar, um, which at this point, like that's, you know, just. Uh, that's a thing and like I yeah. you know that's <laughs> part of how I pretty much always play yeah exactly and that's that's just like part of how I always play but this mm-hmm. is kind of you know an instance of that where it's like you're you're kind of covering all your bases all at once you don't need two guitars to like one of them strum according and then the other mm-hmm. guy go yeah. ding 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 you know just like yeah. it's a whole guitar part like use your whole hand do uh, things yeah um, so yeah it just it's it's a good guitar part it is. <laughs> yeah, that's I, always kind of my thing. Because, I, I mean, I, I can't argue that, like, John Mayer's a bad guitar player. Because, I mean, obviously right. he is. He is a very good guitar player, and he writes very good songs or whatever. Um, he's just a, I, I not just a great person. <laughs> yeah. He's not a great person. And, and yeah. that, like, the sound of his music is very kind of uninteresting to me. Mm-hmm. And that's just me being, like, I don't know, <laughs> kind of, a, kind of a, a word that I'm I'm not going to say because... <laughs> We're not cursing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that for three seconds before I just say it out loud. Um, no, but I the mean, like, hipster, that's kind of the that's thing. That's not like, a curse word. You're okay. No, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. Uh, but I mean, like, if you get on the guitar subreddit or something like that, yeah. and, like, you know, around the time that, like, his PRS signature model was coming out and stuff uh-huh. like that, like, there are, there are a lot of people that are really excited about that. And I mean, like, yeah. for as much as I, you know, don't like his music or don't, like whatever like i mean mm-hmm. there are tons of people who have learned a lot from learning his songs and and yeah. learned about a lot about guitar just from like kind of watching him play and learning uh how he plays and stuff like that i mean again he you can't argue that he's a bad guitar player because right. he is a yeah. very good guitar player and that's why he has signature guitars and it's why people still pay attention to him at all even though he's yep terrible so yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yep. good that like yeah. that kind of music is still out there in the mainstream, and that people are mm-hmm. consuming it in, in you know mass quantities. Because it's, I mean, it's just nice to know that real talent is still being appreciated. Sure, in, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I you mean, know, that's that's still quantities. way loads better than a lot of pop music or anything like that. Yeah. And especially from like a chord structure and songwriting mm-hmm. kind of standpoint, like it's it just miles and away above most modern pop music. So yeah, yep. So speaking of modern pop music, I'll kind of uh, just keep <laughs> on going with that. So uh, when, yeah. when we're talking about guitar parts, I wanted to stay away from like a guitar riff mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't know, I, I, I try to separate the two and guitar parts is something that's always been hard for me to explain. Like I, mm. when, I, when I hear a good guitar part, then I know it. And sometimes that means, maybe it, it means the riff and maybe it just means like, what the guitar is doing to accompany the song. And I feel like so yeah. many times the guitar riff is, it has its own identity. It's different than the song as a whole. Like, yep. just like, you know, in the majority of songs, the vocals are, they stand out, you know, apart from the rest of the song. And then like a guitar riff does the same thing. And there's a bazillion catchy guitar riffs, but 
I don't know. I thought that was too easy. So I wanted to kind of like talk about parts <laughs> mm-hmm. that were like, you know, they, they made the song better and they're still super catchy and they're still like melodically complex and interesting and not cookie cutter. Uh-huh. And Parker, like going back to what you were talking about with, you know, playing notes and chords at the same time, that's another thing that uh, is hard for me to like, I don't know put into words why why that's a good thing i mean yeah it's complex <laughs> but it doesn't always have to be complex like right no, maybe sure. you're just like you know the melody is whatever the vocals are about to do like in that john mayer song and mm-hmm. it's the same thing and i like that but then there are times that i don't too but i don't know like i think the more that you're able to do with just one guitar instead of recording two guitars on top of each other the cooler song you're gonna have yeah um <laughs> But anyways, that's not to say that this first one doesn't do that, because it does. But I wanted to pick something that's uh, poppy and rhythmically complex and interesting and just blows me away every time I hear it. Uh, So I picked Dirty Projectors. Uh, The song is called That's a Lifestyle, and it's off their album Lamp Lit Rose. Or, sorry, Lamp Lit Prose. And this song is incredibly, like, layered and just put together so well that, but it never loses its simplicity, I guess. Uh, but the the starting guitar riff is just a uh, twelve string acoustic guitar that kind of does like a, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a riff, but it's also chords going on at the same time, and mm-hmm. I just really really enjoy it because it's super duper catchy. And then uh, they layer another guitar on top of it, uh, and then when the, when the vocals come in, we probably won't get this far into the song. But when the vocals come in, uh, especially in the chorus, there's a lot of like sporadic like there's one vocal here all the way in the left and then like a completely different vocal all the way in the right and then but they just kind of like it it all blends together so well that you don't really notice and the guitar kind of does that throughout the song too and it's i think everything just accompanies each other very very well so Mm. that's why i wanted to pick this one so we'll listen to a little bit of that's a lifestyle Stop wasting the lives of the brave Based on a lie Who will stop wasting the forests and seas We know what will survive Who will stop wasting the time Who will stop putting portals upon There's something to be said for when acoustic guitars do interesting stuff Compared to when electric guitars do interesting stuff And I don't know I could I could think about it a little bit more But like I, I think it's just something where so often acoustic guitars are just going like, bang, like here's the chords. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, just for the sake of having a guitar there, whereas electric guitars, like somebody who sat down to learn to play electric guitars, like, I'm going to show you what I've got. Yeah. And so it's just nice when, like, this this reminds me a bit, not in style so much as in concept or context of like Kings of Convenience or something like that, mm. where it's like, you know, we're going to do some interesting things I don't know. Like, it's just cool. So it's like, okay, the best way that I know how to describe the kind of guitar progressions that I enjoy are when, if you were to go look up the chords online, you <laughs> couldn't just say, it's this chord. Like, you couldn't yeah. just give a four chord progression, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, that mm-hmm. couldn't replace what's actually going on. Where so many songs, sure. it might be complex, but you can replace it with just yep. G, C, D, F, or whatever, and call it a day. 
Yeah. I like songs to where you can't do that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So. No, I mean, that makes a big difference. And I mean, like, because you, I mean, it's not going to be a four chord progression. You could probably assign a chord progression to that if you like, <laughs> actually looked at the notes that they're playing and kind of mm-hmm. like parsed out where things are happening but it but it's not going to sound the same like yeah, you could right. play that chord progression and it's not going to sound like what they played it's gonna yeah. you're just going to sound like you're playing some chords and and not yeah. the guitar part it um, sounds like you're singing over chords they're like oh that fits i guess but right. somebody wouldn't yeah. hear that and be like that's the same song <laughs> yeah 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 um, sure there's a if you guys are interested in in knowing more about that band or wanting to see this song done live they did a tiny desk uh concert recently and nice. this they did this song it's absolutely incredible like because th- they just pulled it off like there, there's so many studio tricks going on in the recorded version here mm-hmm. that it's kind of one of those things where you're thinking they couldn't do that live but the way that they organize and like orchestrate the song live is, is really mm-hmm. incredible to watch mm-hmm. too and just seeing uh like seeing all of them doing those parts on their instruments like piano and stuff and mm-hmm. guitar and singing while they're doing that. Like, mm-hmm. That's that to me is something that I know I could never ever do. Like sing a different melodic melody and play a melodic guitar part at the same time like that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like I could hold down a basic chord progression, but that's about it. That's that's always kind of my goal. I mean, like especially with the singer songwriter stuff that I did in college and mm-hmm. still do on, through voice memos in my <laughs> room <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's always kind of the goal. Is not the, not the goal, but like a little bit where it's like that that I'd be playing something that it would be shocking that I'd be playing something and singing at the same time because it's just. I don't know. That makes me feel accomplished that like, oh, oh yeah. I created something like interesting and intricate, you know, not mm-hmm. just super generic. Although there's plenty of stuff that I'll also write where it's like, well, here's just these chords. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think there's a balance there too. Cause yeah. if you're just constantly, you know, kind of shredding with your acoustic and then trying yeah. to sing over it, like mm-hmm. it doesn't mesh very yeah. well sometimes, but I mean, that would be something like, to be even said. if, so- yeah, no, yeah go. sorry, good. I mean, there's just something to be said. Yeah, I know. The the beauties of uh, remote calls. Yeah. Um, there's something to be said for, you know, having practiced something so much and to know it mm-hmm. so well that, in, in like, in that instance of the Dirty Projectors, like, they just know that guitar part or they just mm-hmm. know whatever musical part that they're playing so well that they don't have to think about it. Either yeah. that or the vocal part's really easy. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the two because one of the parts they're not thinking about. Right, right. exactly. Because that's, that's how you do two things at once is you know one of them extremely well to the mm-hmm. point where you just don't have to think about it in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, and that's hard. I mean, it's hard to know something that, that mm-hmm. extremely well. And it takes time and practice and most people don't want to. That was yeah, yeah something where I I felt fairly accomplished or something like that was um, that there was a song that we did at our church that my worship pastor is like really good guitarist and um, and I mean you know leads worship all the time and and stuff but there was a song that we were playing that the guitar part is fairly. Um, Involved. Uh, syncopated and stuff. It's not even necessarily that involved, but it's. So it's just like everything's on the upbeat. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. he was having. The first couple times he played it, he was like, man, this, I'm having such a hard time playing that and singing it at the same time. And I was like, cool. Like, I feel kind of good about myself that, like, that's, that's not a challenge to me yeah. only because I've just had to, like, 
take painstaking time to do those kinds of things before. And because it's fun. Like, that's just something that, I mean, it's not by any means to say I'm a better guitarist than him because I don't think that's the case, but it's just something where that specific skill of mm-hmm. removing like the playing and singing element is something that I've gotten better practice at or spent more time doing just because it's, you know, something that I enjoy doing. So yeah, yeah it's, it's fun stuff. Yeah. Cool. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Well, do we want to go to the next one or do we want to take a short break? Um, yeah, let's take a short break. Short break. Back from the break. Back, 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 boys. Boys are back. Backstreet boys. The back, um, no, those boys. Uh, no. Where, where'd they go? Right? I don't know. <laughs> crazy. Crazy, crazy world. They went to crazy town. So oh, the next street. thing that I was going to talk about. I just thought about. you said street oh. boys. <laughs> the street old boys. street boys. Where's all yeah, them the street boys, boys go? <laughs> the street youths. Um, so yeah, the uh, the next song that I was going to talk about is a song by Maps and Atlases. Um, they're a band that usually has fairly interesting guitar parts. Um, their lead singer slash guitar player tends to write kind of weird guitar parts. He does a lot of like two hand tapping stuff, or mm-hmm. you know, little finger pick stuff, or he'll just play with a pick like a normal person. I don't know. He just does a lot of really interesting things. Um, and he'll sing over top of them. So he's one of those guys that does both things really well and kind of frustratingly good because it's like, okay, that, that guitar part's hard enough on its own yep. that I can't really necessarily play it. And then you mm-hmm. are also doing something else on top of it. And it's not usually like an easy, and not that he has the best voice in the world, but I mean, like, it's usually fairly complex vocal parts for mm-hmm. him to be just singing them over. I don't know. It's difficult. And yeah. so this song is kind of a, an example of that. It's a song called Pigeon off their album Perch Patchwork. Um, and it's it's a really weird guitar part because it starts with this, like, quintuplet, uh, really quick quintuplet, and then these uh, three descending chords. And he plays that over and over, and it, and it sounds like it doesn't really fit very evenly into, like, a 4-4 four, four measure. And then he sings over top of it, and a drum beat comes in, and you're like, okay, now I understand where the pulse is, but I still don't understand how you're doing this and singing it at the same time. That's my favorite kind of thing, is when it's like, mm-hmm. what's going on? And then something happens where it's like, oh, um, all of a sudden, everything that already happened now makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I would like to write something like that, but I don't know if you can force it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just got to be an idea that you have that you like just intrinsically understand how it works. And, uh-huh. then, and other people just happen to not. Yeah, just unless you've heard it and it came from your mind, like you just yep. don't really get it until it happens. Um, I'm really excited to listen to Or this similarly, song. like when you turn on a song not at the beginning and you're kind of playing catch up with like where the beat is. <laughs> yeah. <and> you're <laughs> like, wait, what that or where like signature they what key it's actually in? Because sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be like dancing between two. The, the band that I was in in college, Ocean Architecture, the vocalist they had before I was in it, there was a song that the melody he sang for the song and all the same words, I sang the exact same melody and the same words, but when he was singing it, he sang it down a fifth to Uh where long story short, all of the notes were in the key, but like 
they didn't actually fit. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> they didn't have the right tonal center yeah. or whatever. To where it's like it's there and like it kind of works, but it's sort of like if you were singing just a harmony of a part, not the actual yeah. part itself. It was that yeah. kind of a thing. So then I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, that just sounds wrong. And I was like, let me try it just up a fifth, which was a lot higher, unfortunately. But it actually <laughs> yeah. then worked instead of sounding really weird. So <laughs> then we we're like, oh, we'll go with that. Yeah. yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah, I've definitely heard that before. <laughs> Anytime you get like a group of people. Uh, yeah. So I'll just say it this way that usually yep. in worship bands, the vocalists <laughs> are the least experienced musicians, true. just in my experience. Yep. Not because of no, any like lack of training, but just because of a lack of training usually and a lack of, yeah, I mean, it's usually just like, hey, this person can sing pretty well. Just throw them yeah. up on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's fine. It is what it is. But usually when it comes down to like learning new songs, sometimes that's a little bit more of an arduous task for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's definitely been times where it's like, okay, we're starting this new song. And then the person starts singing. It's like, Nope, you missed it. Not even that's, <laughs> that's not the right key. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, you're on a harmony. Just like, hit it's it up weird knowing that like some people are really good singers, but they have no sense of pitch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, or even just like key centers or yeah. how to transpose uh, on the fly or something or to like listen to an instrumental part mm-hmm. and like hear where the, the, the root is as opposed to just like, this is the part that I learned and this is mm-hmm. how I think it feels. And so I'm going to sing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think some thing. of it is like in, if, if you're a singer, sometimes I guess you would, but like, don't play anything. You'd be listening along with the radio mostly for when mm-hmm. you're singing, listening or and then pitch matching somebody who's already singing something else. Yeah. So there's just not a lot of opportunity to be singing along with just music with no sure. vocals or whatever. 100%. So then as soon as there's, you know, you're in a band situation where that's the case, it's like, wait a minute, kind of foreign territory at this point, mm-hmm. And there's not, you know, a guiding force as it were. <laughs> of oh, no, I'll sing. I'm, I've definitely been guilty of that before too. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, I've practiced this song a bunch, but now that there's not kind of a lead that's, that I can like just a split second follow. Like it, it's uh-huh. kind of hard to remember where the melody goes sometimes. So I get it. It's just funny. But anyways, this is a song called pigeon by maps analysis. <laughs> nice. It yep. a lot. You'll probably it's, just need to like cut some of it out because I know mm-hmm. that was like a minute. <laughs> it's some of a fine. Song, no one's yeah. coming after us for copyright reasons. It's interesting. I feel like even when like there's a part where he was singing and I was like, ah, I see where it is. And I did uh-huh. see where like 
part of kind it was of the rep- repetition ish of it was, but I didn't mm-hmm. still see where the downbeat was until still a little bit into where the drums came in mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. because everything is, yeah. you know, like everything yeah. is off beat. So yeah. I was still hearing like, I don't know, something like yeah. as on beat. And so it's, yeah, super You hear the beginning of the, the like run as the beginning yes. of the beat, but it's not really, it's kind of a lead in to part of it. And right. Yeah. Or it's, it's like it's on the, the up end or something like that. Or yeah, it's really satisfying when the kick comes in because that's like the one constant that we've now received. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, it helps everything fall into place like a, missing puzzle piece but i i mean i love that guitar like the the tone of that guitar is just what gets me because it's, oh, it's yeah. so like yep. uh, there's like those little tiny i guess percussive like bits in it like it's very spanky it's very yep. spanky yeah yeah that's a good word for it <laughs> and i yeah, think especially no. <laughs> with the like hammer on kind of stuff um <laughs> it would be really easy to play well i don't know yeah it'd be fairly easy to play that like uh, just very legato or something like, mm. you know, well, yeah, yeah, not yeah. those last bits, I guess, cause I would be dumb, <laughs> just like but <laughs> like, the, um, which if it weren't spanky, you would just feel like, okay, why are you just like kind of shredding right. a little bit yeah. shredding? Now mm-hmm. <laughs> <Like, Yeah. laughs> <laughs> nah, he's a really interesting guitar player too. Cause like he, he'll play with a pick a lot, but that particular line he plays and like he finger picks that part. And that's what makes it so spanky is he's literally like, you know, mm. slapping it quite pretty hard. Not really like slapping like animals mm-hmm. and kind of thing, but but when he's plucking it, it's it's a pretty mm. percussive pluck. But it's funny. Uh, there's a, I think it's a KEXP video. They've got a couple KEXP videos. The more recent one where it's just like the the a trio of them. They play this song and he's playing that part and he'll play that part with his fingers and then the next section of the song that adds a bunch of other instrumentation that's really fun. That is such mm-hmm. a fun song. Um, but when that part starts, he like grabs a pick off the mic stand and starts like playing with that. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that next section starts, he just like flicks that pick away and starts doing it again. Because <laughs> there's like n- there's no time for him to like put it back in the mic and like uh, yep. or put it in. He just like gets rid of it and starts playing that line again. It's it's really funny. It's That's really cool. funny. But yeah, they're, they're a fun, cute band. Yeah, I like. Um, I think the the next one that I'm gonna do. Honestly, I'm not sure. Nah, it's pretty straightforward. I was trying to think about it. Like, it's a kind of, well, it is kind of a weird rhythm or rhythm or whatever. Um, and Matt, you were saying that you didn't pick guitar rifts. You tried to pick like guitar parts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think in retrospect, I most of mine are like not riffs exactly, but essentially like that, where they're not the. I I kind of wish. Um, maybe this can just be guitar rift. I don't know. Well, no, because sure. yours weren't. So, but in any case, because um, it would be cool sometime to go into like kind of aux guitar parts, you know, like the the second guitar part that's like doing more filler stuff or whatever mm-hmm. um, specifically. But nevertheless, that's not today. Today we're talking about what we already picked. Uh, so <laughs> this is, uh, so in regards to myself by Under Oath, this is one of those ones where like, um, Under Earth is pretty popular within metal, and so there's a lot of guitarists, at least within the circle that I that I know, where like I'll be hanging out with Cole, who's been on the show before, um, and he'll just pick up a guitar and just start playing the beginning of the riff from this song because it's one of those where it's like yeah. it's not super complicated, but it's super iconic within what it is, um, mm. and it's just a fun part to play as well. And yeah, so um, I don't know. That's that's that. Uh, but we can listen to it and then talk about it and stuff. 
Yeah. So I remember so, when I bought that actually CD. Actually, recent. Actually, recently the uh, the main guitar player. I guess the main guitar player. I, I can't ever remember either. Yeah, Tim. He mm-hmm. he did a video with like AP um, about the some of their like iconic riffs or whatever, and he talked about this song. That's uh, cool. And kind of like showed a little bit of how to play it or whatever. And but the the main takeaway for me from that video was that mm-hmm. hey, Tim has no idea what he's doing on any guitar part ever. That dude knows absolutely nothing about playing guitar. That's uh, really funny. Would, just how to do just, it. Yeah, no, he just, yeah. like, he knows the parts or whatever, and he, uh-huh. like, knows what he wants to sound like. And, and I'm not knocking him or anything. Yeah. Like, he's, I mean, he's part of Under Oath. Like, they're yeah. arguably one of the more successful post-hardcore bands that have ever existed. Yep. Um, and so, like, props to him for that. Um, but, yeah, he knows, he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. Also, that guitar part uh, was actually written by, uh, what's his face? The singer. Currently. Oh, Aaron not, Gillespie? Not, no, not Aaron Spencer Chamberlain. Spencer. It was written oh, by okay. Spencer. Yeah, yeah, Spencer plays Just that uh, one specific. Yeah, that's funny. I yeah, I did not know that. That's uh yeah, because Spencer plays guitar and he plays in mm. some of their songs as well too. Sometimes they'll have three guitarists for random bits. Um, that's just but, stupid trivia about the song. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting and, and kind of surprising because that's the uh-huh. very opening track of that album, and you think uh-huh. like, ah, oh, this is this huge iconic under oath riff. And it's, <laughs> it was Spencer. It is funny too because yeah, Tim very much like well, and he and Matt from Emory like hang out a bunch and have and talk a lot and businessy kinds of things, and they have similar kind of mindsets in some ways, kind of, um, but also at the same time sort of opposite. Where like Matt is very like composes everything and everything's very thought out where it's more theory based than it is practical based where it's like sure i've decided that i'm going to do a diminished second to an augmented fifth kind of a thing where yeah it sounded awful um but you know like he's decided what he's gonna do and then and then implements it from there whereas tim obviously is exactly the opposite where it's like i play (laughs) some of this and i play some of that and when he's playing guitar stuff it's like it's really random guitar little noodly bits that I'll do with the guitar, like actually less like that, and more like yeah, yeah. It's not usually very complicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's it's unique at the same time for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, just kind of like his own flair of things. And this one I I do think is also interesting too. So it's like the the signature of it. It's sort of in six but kind of not at the same time it's more like there's a bar of four a bar of two a bar of four a bar of two um because it do, it's not like it doesn't have a specific backbeat for the whole time yeah. or anything but it's done it one two three and a four a one a two three four you know actually or maybe it's just three bars of four instead i don't know it's it's interesting in any case it's not just like a set it's, thing it's weird <laughs> yeah it's just like doing a whole bunch of little other bits, but uh, I like I like it a lot, and I, I like the combination too of um, kind of lower bits with you know some of the higher stuff as well, where it's not just like some low chunky stuff the whole time, but incorporates mm-hmm. some higher frequencies in there as well, mm-hmm. which is yeah. Moist. I almost brought a Norma Jean song for this yep. week. Uh, there's a specific part on a small spark versus a great forest that has a similar kind of a deal where they do like you know, a big low slide and then this really sharp high dissonant note mm-hmm. and kind of do that riff a little bit more. And, and it's a similar kind of sound that came out around the same time or whatever. It's yeah. not like they, one of them copied one another. It's just, it's a funny, like similar sort of idea. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. That makes sense a lot. So yeah, that's, that's that one. Uh, I could probably say more about it, but I don't have to. <laughs> so 
I'm going to just leave it at that. Are you guys ready to change gears? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yes. am. Grab your seatbelts. <laughs> buckle up tight. <clears throat> so the next one I want to talk about was uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I'll keep this one quick, but I picked this song in particular. This song is called Jello and Juggernauts. It's off their first album. Um, uh, these guys are kind of, they started out as more or less just like a little side project kind of thing that was built on like audacity pre-programmed <laughs> yeah. stuff and like nice. one guitar uh but they they've since evolved into like an actual full-on band and they're still very mm-hmm. good but this debut album uh was something that really caught my attention when it came out i think back in 2010 or 11 um because so much of the guitar and the songwriting on here even though every like physical aspect of the album is simple uh like so much of the 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 guitar and vocal arrangements are incredibly complex and uh interesting uh so like the the guitar riff that you're gonna hear at the beginning of the song is something that just goes and it never goes back to where it started Mm. Um, and I, that's part of the the weirdness factor that I like in music is when we don't like we don't get comfortable in a song, so no. we can't really tell where it's gonna go from here. Uh, and that's not to say that like when a song does that, I I don't like it because I do. But you know, think of a riff like Crazy Train or Smoke on the Water or something like that, where you know you get two bars of the riff and then we're back to point A. Uh, pretty much every song on this album does not do that. And I really enjoy that, but it still manages to stay interesting because your brain is kind of thinking like you're thinking something's going to happen and that thing doesn't happen, but then you're pleasantly surprised that the Mm -hmm. thing that did happen did. (laughs) Uh, And that doesn't make a lot of sense without listening to it. But um, I also like how sort of this song reminds me of classical music. It's very, very modern. Uh, it's almost like a lo-fi hip-hop sort of deal, but it's it it has a lot of similar overtones to something that like Mozart would have composed hmm. in like a sonata or something. I don't know. Uh, let's listen to it, and then you <laughs> guys can good. tell me what you think. <laughs> this song is called "Jello and Juggernauts." <laughs> definitely see the yeah what you were saying like the classical influence kind of thing mm-hmm. there's a lot of yeah. little turns and, and yeah uh, flourishes especially there's that a are lot very, of flourishes like uh on even some of the chord progressions and chord changes and stuff uh are very i don't know classical sounding which yeah is we uh, like what what i like is it kind of just keeps dancing around that route like it just uh-huh. it's like teasing like oh we're gonna go back no we're not <laughs> and then it'll go like a half step down uh-huh. and then it'll move on to something else. And almost to the point where you've forgotten where we started. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it's not until like right before the vocals kick in that we get that sort of, um, that, that root again. But the, even though that guitar part only happens one more again in the song, uh, it only happens one more again. It only happens one more again. More, we still get that again. same chord progression, whatever that chord progression was or is, that maintains throughout the whole song. Mm. So 
I don't know. I think that was 32 bars. Um, yeah. And an amount. It, it was an amount of bars, <laughs> an exponential an amount, of amount of bars. And it, yeah. it maintains that and it repeats that four times in the song and the song's over. But I don't know. So like if you could figure out where exactly they go, then you've got the song. So it's yeah. not that it's super difficult. It's just that it's complex and interesting. It is and very strange. Very strange mm-hmm. indeed. It's kind of like, like every it. time I go to play, um, at some point, a really long time ago, I learned the Super Mario Bros. theme on the guitar. Like, and it it goes a long time before repeating itself, and it doesn't even have any like little motifs that really happen. I mean, kind of, but there's not a ton of like small repetitions where it's like, you know, music that we'll listen to, it'll be like, I don't know. It repeats itself fairly. Right. So there's patterns that you can remember. So, like, even at this point, I don't, it's not like I play the Mario theme song often enough on the guitar to where I'll still like, I'll be like teaching it to myself pretty much every time I play it because yeah. it's so not repetitious that I don't, I don't remember based on patterns. I just remember based on remembering like, well, I know this is the melody and it seems like these intervals are probably this. Um, yeah. Again, if I played it a lot of times and like really, you know, sat down and practiced or whatever, then sure. I'd, I'm mm. sure I'd have it down on a different kind of scale, but I don't know. That just reminds me, Matt, of your song where it's like, we're just going to do a lot of different things and like yeah. keep up. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck. <laughs> yeah. And I think the simplicity of the rhythm section kind of helps the yep. strangeness of the guitar stay pretty grounded. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I, agree. I, I enjoy that stuff. I like, I like weird stuff. The next uh-huh. one won't be as weird, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. And boy, <laughs> weird I got stuff a, is fun. I got a funny one for you guys. <laughs> oh boy. What a silly person. Yeah. I just, to keep like this as funny ones. Chad, what's your next um, one? Yeah, so my last one is kind of uh, more of a concept that I wanted to talk about more than it is necessarily even just this specific song. Um, I tell Parker, like, because I, I was trying to figure out what song I was going to bring to talk about this. Uh, like, we were in a, a Skype call, and I was like, I still need to figure out what my last song is because I, mm-hmm. I have this thing that I want to talk about, but I don't know what song to show for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to show for it. Um, <laughs> to let it ride in my car about. That song um, is going to drive me around. Yeah, just drive me around town. Um, so, it, the song that I'm going to talk about is a song called Prehistoric by the band Now Now, mm-hmm. who... I think I've talked about them a little bit before on the show. I think it was more about vocal parts. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, they're a fun band, and the 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 more the the, hmm, the biggest thing that I wanted to get across with this, and the biggest thing that I wanted to kind of talk about that I really really like when guitar players do this um, is kind of the opposite of what you talked about with guitar parts, where it's really impressive when one guitar player does as much as they can on one guitar. (laughs) This is basically the opposite. And when Mm -hmm. two guitar players make sort of a greater part by playing like very similar things, but maybe different harmonically. So you get kind of this bigger wash of a chord because two guitar players are playing slightly different chords on top of voice, milk carton kids, milk carton, something or other. Never mind. I, that's, it's banned. (laughs) They do things like that. Yeah. We need to find those kids. They're lost. We do got to find them. Anyway, Chad, what <laughs> were you talking about? Um, there are lots of examples of this, yeah. though. The the singular 
Devil Wears Prada song that I still like. <laughs> I only like it because it has a, a really good example of this um, is Des Moines, and I'm saying it that uh-huh. way because it's got a Z in it. I know Des Moines. Yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> but that song is really cool uh, because a lot of the verses and stuff have like these big chords where both the guitar players are playing slightly different chords mm-hmm. and it makes this big wall of like a really cool harmonic sound or uh, a lot of circus survived as this uh, where they'll kind of layer stuff like that on top of each other. Interpol used to mm-hmm. do this pretty frequently. Um, the song PDA is basically just like a five minute song of two guitar players doing this because they're both just play- like very simple chords. In fact, one of them for a lot of us just playing like power chord shapes or even just octaves. And then the other guitar player is playing like a slightly different power chord or octave shape on top of it. It makes the song sound a lot more interesting because it's not just two guys playing the same power chords. Hey pups. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was like hammering or something outside. So my little pup is going crazy. Yeah. They're just freaking out a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the the kind of main riff from the song Prehistoric is sort of that same idea where it's two guitar players playing chords that aren't quite the same. And it can be achieved in some different ways, whether it's in this specific instance, it's that one of the guitar, one of the guitar players is in a different tuning. So the guitar, mm-hmm. the, just the chords that she can play are very different versus the other guitar player that's playing in a more standard tuning. Uh, yeah, pups. Um, but other than that, like... I don't know. It's just always really interesting to me when somebody takes a very simple chord and because they layer it multiple times with other simple chords, you end up with a more complicated chord. Like you end up with a, you know, major or minor seven or a Mm -hmm. a sustain, like a suspension chord just from having two different guitar players playing slightly different stuff. And it's something that I tried to do this in low beggar a couple of times. Yeah. I like even doing that in just like regular worship stuff or whatever, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. like, you know, this guy's playing in G and then I'll capo and I'll play in, or like he's playing in A and I'll capo two and play in G or something like that, where it's yeah, like, yeah. we end up playing just, you know, at that point, different, yeah, different, different voicings of, of the same yeah. chords. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I really do like doing that. Part of it's because I'm lazy and I really <laughs> like playing in yeah. A. And so half the time it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're playing this song in C. It's like, great, I'm going to capo on three. It's and so funny. A. I would not. I know you've said that before. I would <laughs> yeah. never choose to play a song in A personally. Just the oh, way I that I play, it, yeah. it doesn't. Well, well again, because it. like I think about this concept so much, A really lends itself very well to me of yeah. a lot of open strings and being uh-huh. able to play these big open like hmm. six string chords uh-huh. that aren't just like normal open chords they're like ones that i've just figured out or kind uh-huh. of made up myself not made up i didn't make up chords Chad made right? up just chords. Like, <laughs> i made up chords uh but just like voicings or but patterns voicings that i think like. are appealing yeah. yeah um and i'll play them over a lot of different things so anyways this is a song called prehistoric bye now now keep listening to that i know yeah that i've got that too is a really good album <laughs> yep i've got that album saved on my computer on my spotify to listen to it because 
I because I've heard it from what you've pointed out, and then mm-hmm. it's come up on my Discover Weekly before, and I'm just like, man, it's so good. I just haven't spent the time listening to that it. album specifically. I I got into that uh, kind of around the time the Low Beggar was a thing. I guess it was like 2015 ish, mm-hmm. and and it's basically all I listened to for like a month <laughs> and a half or so. Like it is super super good. Yeah, and Alyssa really likes it too. Uh, it's just got a lot of really really cool things that we both really like in music. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. No, it's cool. Yeah, it's and it's just super melodic too. I mean, the or er, mm-hmm. I think the fact that it has yeah the multiple voicings of things just adds to some of the complexity of the it's prettiness and how beautiful mm-hmm. and pretty yeah. this is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like nice and crunchy. Like yes. it's still got a nice. Yeah, it's very filled out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Also, yeah. that album was produced by Chris Walla from Death Cab. So uh, oh. we know Death Cab. I we just had him cab. stuck in my head today. Then, oh yeah, <laughs> yep. What a time. Uh, yeah, for my last one, I um, <laughs> so all of mine are kind of standard, you know, guitar riffs ish sorts of things, but they sort of play different parts. Where the Wide Georgia one is a guitar part that very much complements the melody and is playing along with it. The In Regards to Myself one is just like here's a guitar part, and then there's a vocal line over it, but they're not really related. And the last one is more like a, um, the function of it is different. It's not, it doesn't really get played during the vocal melody at any point. It just gets, it's like the turnarounds and the intro and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it's more like a traditional riff, I guess, in that sort of sense. Um, and I didn't remember in my head that this was an electric guitar that played it because a lot of times, uh, so it's Stephen Curtis Chapman. And as many of you probably know, he's, uh, um, CCM artist from well mostly in the 90s but still around at this point and uh he's just he's still making music he's still making some music yeah wow Mm -hmm. yeah and uh his two or two of his sons are um Mm -hmm. the band colony house or are the you know singer and drummer of the band colony house and they're real good we saw them live um when they opened for mute math and that was phenomenal i saw them live too and i didn't know who they were at the time yep Mm -hmm. it's uh it's his it's his two sons and we saw him as he was like because i mean he came because he lives in nashville so he came out to see them and then we were like standing out kind of by the door and he had like a baseball hat on and his head down and kind of like shuffling out after their set because he was like yeah i mean he's only here to see his kids um yeah because he's a good old dad dad. at the mercy lounge i think it was either Uh the mercy lounge or the high water something it was a while back and yeah and yeah yeah at one point he like walked past me and Alyssa and i looked at her and i was like (laughs) do you realize who that was like were they opening for somebody when you saw them there because that's where i saw them too uh, no they were actually the headliner oh okay Hmm. yeah there it was like a, a band something knocks I don't know. Uh, the knocks uh, knocks on your door. No, the knocks maybe. on your door. <laughs> I heard the I knocks on your door. It was K N O X, but I can't yep. remember what their name was. Knoxville. Ah, it, that's I the mean, one. Similar idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Stephen Curtis Chapman, um, he's honestly a really good guitarist, and there's a bunch of songs I could have picked, but this one was just one of the first ones that came to mind. Uh, honorable mention goes to uh, Next Five Minutes, because that song's real good. And it's the song says in, in the next, or it's called In the Next Five Minutes, and the song also is in five for a lot of it, like in five four. And uh, that's just fun, because it's like, you know, it's in it's like what it is 
<laughs> this is uh, this you song. You can is, tell it's an aspirin because <laughs> of the way it is. <laughs> uh, this song is "I Do Believe," and I just think the guitar part is just really catchy and fun to play. And uh, we'll listen through um, kind of a line of the verse where so it's like the guitar part's the intro and i feel like it's just a really solid turnaround guitar part or whatever so when it comes out of the verse back into the turnaround before it goes back into the next part of the verse it just like is kicking it and it's good and nice so here's i do believe Okay, so I have to say something. Do it. Uh, and this this is not intended to offend at all. Uh, but I thought two things. <laughs> I bet it is. I thought two things. No, I really don't want to offend because I thought that was a very catchy riff and it was very cool. Um, middle school me would have thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> yep. uh, and two, I really felt like getting in my pickup truck that I don't own and <laughs> heading on down to Hardee's for a, for a big old burger when I was, when, burger. when I was listening to that. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Going it hard is at really the funny to me. For going hard at the Hardee's for all that <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman is very like, I don't know. He he can be so campy, and he has such <laughs> like campy songs. It's a little he, campy. He is a good guitar player. Yeah, like, he yeah. he can actually rip when he needs to. And I mean, I honestly, it's, this was he's funny. Yeah, this honestly, this album. I was listening to it again recently, and just the musicianship overall on it is really good. Uh, just like surprisingly good. The, I mean, it's obviously like a session drummer and all that kind of oh, stuff. Sure, yeah. But uh, the drummer is just it has some killer fills throughout the album, which is just a lot of fun, um, and just plays really in the pocket and stuff. And uh, there's this was when like well, I mean, there's still huge budgets for stuff, but it was I mean like string sections and horn sections and stuff sure. in some of the songs and all that. And it's um, I mean, this was when you know. CDs were making all the monies in the world, mm. but so was CCM. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just a, a good old time. And I think I like his stuff too because it's not like Sunday morning worship stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because now I feel like that's like a lot of CCM. Not that I really listen to it much, but a lot of it I feel like is going for the Sunday morning market because, like, if you get uh, royalties off of churches that declare what songs they play at church. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if you can get a really popular song for Sunday mornings, then you get a lot of money. So a lot of people well, are trying I mean, to go that, for that. Like that's, that's really the only revenue stream there that's feasible at this point because yeah. I mean, like the CCM largely doesn't exist the way that it used to. I mean, you pretty much do just have like old CCM and then you have worship music. Mm-hmm. The worship music thing is the thing that's still kind of happening. This, the thing that's still being made more than anything, the direction a lot of those folks went, mm-hmm. uh, more so than like, let's keep trying to make pop music for Christians. I mean, then again, radio, probably the only, 
like genres that are still keeping radio alive are pop, um, uh, country, classic rock. classic rock, and CCM. Because yep. I feel like that's yeah. the demographics that are like actively still listening to radio above Spotify, mm-hmm. above all the yeah. other stuff, you know. But um, I mean, that's not for long necessarily. But yeah, no, for well, sure. I think we need to. I think we need to dedicate an entire episode of Christian music because there's a whole lot of thoughts and <laughs> there, things that yeah, we could say There's a whole lot it. to talk about there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I, we'll do it one of these days. <laughs> we just haven't bit days. the bullet yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, I, I just think uh, Stephen Kirchner, he's got some cool guitar parts and I, I just like, honestly, that one more than anything else too is just, it's just fun to play. Like I was just playing it on the guitar in, in mm. during our break, trying to remember her, make sure I knew how to play it. Mm. And it's a grand old time. Grand old flag. I always liked Lincoln Brewster. He was my Christian guitar guy. Uh, he's so a very good guitar one, player. Yes, he's incredible. Uh, he did the song. He did a cover of Hallelujah. And when I was stupid and didn't know better, that was the first version of that song I had heard. And I thought he wrote it. And I was like, "This guy is the greatest of all time." And I was like, "Wait, no, he just <laughs> he just ripped that song off." But anyway, I think and, Shrek oh, wrote wait, that that's song. That's not really a very Christian song. <laughs> no, he just changed the lyrics around. Um, oh yeah. But okay, so my last one. We're talking about guitar parts. So yep. I can do a song that doesn't involve guitar parts literally <laughs> so remember how i was saying earlier that i really like the fretboard on a guitar yeah 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 that didn't really uh, that wasn't like a connection to this now but i'm oh it, uh, it, maybe maybe <laughs> it is. is i don't know so i thought <laughs> I, I don't know when i thought guitar parts i thought hmm what's a cool thing that somebody does with their literal guitar parts in order to play the guitar in a unique way and I thought of this song by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. The song is called Rattlesnake. King Gizzard and, and the Lizard Wizard. Yep. That's, that's, that's how they how announce happens. themselves yeah. at every show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they, they actually did something really, really cool uh, on this album and a couple other, other uh, of their albums. Uh, and I didn't know that they were actually doing this until I saw a picture of one of their, one of their live shows. Um, so you'll hear the very beginning of the song and it's just like a kind of a guitar crawling up a scale and back down a scale. And mm-hmm. it's nothing like too particularly cool or interesting. Uh, but the, the tone that's coming out of the guitar, I just assume they're using like a vibrato pedal of some sort to like mm-hmm. get like these weird bendy pitches. Uh, but no, turns out what they did is that they custom fitted all of their guitar necks to have extra frets in them. So they put like a fret in the half step region. Uh huh. Oh, so they have like um, semitones so, now. So yeah, so they're getting semitones, and there's tons and tons of semitones all throughout this album. Yep. And I yeah, like I said, I didn't know until I saw a picture of one of their guitars, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, oh, they got like half frets in there. Little so when you when you just can't find that note that you really want to play, yeah, that's all you got to do is throw a new <laughs> fret on your guitar. Um, but like so, so all uh, you'll hear notes in here that sound ever so slightly out of tune, uh-huh. a little flat or a little sharp. But it just works for this. And like I said, I thought that they were using pedals, but no, they, they physically enhanced their guitars to do this. And I'm sure they're not the first and only band to do that. Mm-hmm. But the way that the way that it sounds, it really works for this band, and it couldn't work for everybody. Yeah. But it's it just kind of gives like what would otherwise be a pretty typical like 
psych rock song, just this extra edge and like feel of something that's unique and like you've never heard before. So mm. yeah, let's listen to the first 30 seconds or so and you can kind of get an idea of, of, of the song. This is a rattlesnake by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Ba, 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 ba. interesting yeah yeah and it's they're not i feel like there's a fine line to like doing all that extra work to make those frets Mm -hmm. seems like for some they could then lean too heavily into it where it's like now we're gonna make our music sound bad because we just (laughs) want so many quarter steps but it i think they just are using them just right when they want to Mm -hmm. and it definitely does yeah it sounds like that sounds a little bit off, but then mm-hmm. when everything else kind of comes back, because it, it's one thing if something sounds out of tune for a long time, like if somebody's E string is just flat and they're playing mm-hmm. a whole song and it's just flat, like that's the worst. But for something to be like a little bit off, I, I was watching a Guthrie Govin video where he was showing some guitar things or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And he was just showing how you can include literally any note you want in a solo just it has to be contextualized and then was just you know going around and showing how like you could do that and like i've heard that before but it was just cool to see his example of like like doing weird stuff but then like Mm -hmm. just making it fit and i feel like that's kind of how this works too that's kind of like you can rationalize anything that ever happens in music in any way and that that very bad uh Jonas Brother, the the one that played oh, the very bad solo at the Grammys. Uh, so many people put like they notated out the whole thing, like exactly what he did, and like, oh, he's actually just ingenious. He's this like new genius nope. boy genius jazz player because he did this crazy diminished <laughs> the flat boy two thing right player. here into this lick here, and then you see this horrible sharp eleven flats. The thing is, you know, the first person that did that was like trying to just joking around, trying to prove a point like that, and yeah. then a couple people would then see it like. You know, fanboys oh. that don't really know anything about music really yep. would be like, "It's so true! Wow, oh, wow. he has just an amazing, amazing. power." Uh, I'm just not cool enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I just fine. don't think you guys are smart enough, um, and you're <laughs> dissing my boy. Um, my Nick, boy I mean, Jones. he's he's going to be the next. Uh, he's going to join Captain Beefheart and world tour with them tomorrow. Yeah, yep. there it is. Yeah, in Captain Man Beefheart's alive. gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to pull it out of the ground and take it on tour with them. Side note of with that last one too, the huge pet peeve of mine is when you're trying to learn older like classic rock songs that are just flat in general like they didn't tune a 440 they just tuned to each other or it's got like the master just got corrupted to where it's just a little bit flat or a little bit sharp and so you're trying (laughs) to learn it the tape warped a little bit on the machines exactly yeah Yeah. so it's like the whole thing you just have to bend the whole time like tune your guitar down to it or bend it a little bit or just listen to it and then play it later (laughs) like yeah so annoying so i mean i love bon Iver. 
I will uh-huh. always say good things about him. His first album is mm, somewhere true. between C and C sharp. Yep. <laughs> if somewhere you try and like, if you learn Skinny Love in the like tuning that he learns it in, yep. you cannot tune to it with a tuner. Like you have to <laughs> kind of find the pitch somewhere between C and C sharp and just yep. tune your guitar to that because it is not in a 440. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just always tricky. It's also funny, recently I was listening through just some older stuff and found little bits where like, oh, somebody's saying a harmony part in this one spot, but they didn't want to go back and tune it or mm. and or they didn't want to go back and re-record it or something. Hmm. And so it's just like this one harmony spot would be like instead of it would be like and it's like <laughs> that one Slide note it's right there it. in the back. You can't quite hear it, but if you listen with good earphones you're like, oh there it is. Oh, That's not a good note. quite hit that. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, you guys just aren't smart enough to understand yeah, the I mean, complexities <laughs> involved. That's kind of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of what we think about guitar parts, and those mm-hmm. are some guitar parts that we really like, and things we think are cool, uh, or weird, or interesting, and you know what? That's that's kind of the spice of life right there. So if you have some guitar parts that you think <laughs> are something. neat, uh, or uh, we uh, we missed something glaring and obvious, or you wish we had talked about Freebird for an hour and a half, uh, <laughs> you can just shoot us a quick email to... Uh, uh, the trash at gmail.com. Uh, if you have anything that's not about Freebird, you can send that to joyouseclectic at gmail.com. Uh, and that would be great. Or you can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have all of those things. And we want to hear from you. We really do. Um, it's it's much more fun to have this be more of a, like a two-way communication than it is just for us to kind of talk out into the ether. No, um, I mean... We're talking to each other for the most part. I mean, we enjoy that you all get to experience the conversations we have with each other, but uh, but we do, we do want to hear from you. And so if you have anything to say, just uh, shoot us a message and let us know. Uh, as always, we appreciate you listening, and we hope you have a good week. Hey, real quick, uh, uh, I just had a thought. Um, yeah. As, as a fun bonus episode, this bonus is what I want to do. Um, and you guys don't have to be involved. I will take an hour and a half and record an hour and a half long analysis of the Freebird solo. Oh my God. <laughs> and we'll I mean, throw that up on the internet. I, I will definitely do that with you. Um, I, <laughs> just know I'm going to hate note. myself in the middle of okay, it. I'm right just going to be like, why did I note. do this? We can break it down note by note. <laughs> yep. Jeez. Well, so this is the third in the key and you'll see this riff. Is it? Yeah. I'm, mm. Yeah. If you don't want us to do that, please send us an email. Please send us an email. Please tell us not to do this. I don't want to. I'm going to do it just for my own (laughs) sanity. (laughs) Regardless of whether anybody wants to be a part of it. Yep. 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 So bye. Bye. All right. Bye.